0: in whom you are the ultimate authority. We thank you that you reign from eternity to eternity, that you are omnipotent, you can do whatever you please, that with you nothing is impossible, but with man things are impossible. We thank you that we can draw our strength our power from you and this evening lord we pray that by your spirit you may grant us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you open the eyes of our hearts lord to receive your word with meekness we acknowledge our sins for we know that uh, if we have our sins we will not prosper and we come repenting of all our unrighteousness we ask that you may purge us of every uncleanness we pray that our sins may not blur us from your truth this evening but rather you may use your word to sanctify us by your truth we pray that you may help us this evening as we interact as we discuss that uh, all may be done to the glory and honor of your name these things we pray in jesus name let's turn to chapter 24 of the london baptist confession of faith paragraph three civil magistrates being set up by god for the ends aforesaid subjection in all lawful things commanded by them ought to be yielded by us in the lord not only for wrath but for conscience sake and we ought to make supplications and prayers for kings and all that are in authority that under them we may live a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty so <clears throat> we hope to conclude this evening this chapter of the civil magistrate what essentially is talking about here is talking about political officials Uh, That is what they used to be referred uh, back in the day. We saw that paragraph one deals with the divine establishment of civil government. It seeks to show us where they derive the authority, that God is the supreme Lord and King of all the earth and has ordained civil magistrates to be under him. Then secondly, the second paragraph, we considered the Christian involvement in Christian, oh sorry, in civil government. That is what we considered last week. And the question it seeks to answer is, is it lawful for Christians to serve in places of government? That is what we considered last week. And, um, <clears throat> we saw a very good example of the nation of Israel, though it was a theocratic nation. But we see examples of Israelites serving in Babylon, serving in Egypt, serving in pagan places and uh, and it is approved by God so it is lawful it is lawful uh, for Christians to serve in government and then today paragraph 3 deals with the Christians relationship with civil government so the first paragraph deals with divine establishment the second paragraph Christian involvement and today we are going to see the Christian relationship with civil government so the kind of involvement that it sets forth here concerns the christian obedience to the magistrate so from paragraph three what can you point out what what stands out for you
1: there that the civil magistrates are set up by God, um, as we we saw in paragraph 1, set up by God that we may submit to them, just like every other authority is set up by God, the civil magistrates are set there so that um, we may be in subjection to them in all lawful things commanded by them.
0: The civil magistrates are set up by God. Yes, that's what we see in the first line there. Anything else that you, you see in that paragraph?
2: to, to be in subjection mm. to all the laws uh, of the land, mm. um, uh, not only to, um, to to um, escape, I think, the wrath of God, mm. but also for the sake of our conscience mm. um, that we ought to yield, mm. um, as he's saying there. Uh, to subjection of all lawful things commanded by these leaders yeah. um, in as much as it's also in obedience to God
0: yeah You're commanded to submit to government and says in all lawful things commanded by them anything else? begin civil magistrates speaking of political officials being set up by God for the ends are forsaid so when he says for the ends are forsaid, we back up to paragraph one and we ask ourselves what is the purpose of the civil magistrate to what end is it that's what it, what's the, what is what it is trying to to tell us and if I, if I may ask To what end do civil magistrates exist as we've looked at in this chapter? For what purpose do they exist? To maintain justice and peace. For what purpose? Yes, for what
2: purpose do, do they exist? Yes from chapter 2 is it chapter 2? no, from paragraph 2 third line that they are to maintain justice and peace yes, that's
0: that's one of the you could say the responsibilities but um, the question is for what end yes, yes, they they maintain justice and peace but for what end, for what goal we see in paragraph 1 Yes, for his own glory and for for and the, and the public good. That's the, that's the so when he says they're being set up by God for the ends are said. So that end has already been told to us, which is for the for the glory of God and to achieve public good. That's the reason why they are set up. Is the establishment for the positive good, and we are to submit to them because they seek to do good. There are two things mentioned in this paragraph as it relates to a relationship with civil government and the first one has to do with submission. You see, it's, it's interesting that every single point, every paragraph here hinges on this passage in Romans chapter 13. Let's turn to Romans chapter 13. From verse 1 to 7.
1: Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God. Those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment not only to avoid God's wrath, but also for the sake of conscience. For because of this, you also pay taxes for the authorities and ministers of God attending to this very thing. Pay to all what is owed to them. Taxes to whom taxes taxes are owed. Revenue to whom revenue is owed. Respect to whom respect is owed. Honour to whom honour is owed. So we see
0: here very clearly that um, all authority comes from God and God has instituted the civil government uh, for, for for his just ends so to rebel against civil authority is to rebel against God himself so the same way children are commanded to obey their parents husband wives are wives are commanded to submit to their husbands the same way we are called to submit to God directly when we submit to civil authority all authority in the church is established by God all authority in civil government is established by God and we don't submit to them because they have an intrinsic authority we submit to them because God has commanded us to submit to them here's the reason why we submit to them verse 3 for rulers are not a terror to good conduct but to bad will you have no fear of the one who is in authority then do what is good and you will receive his approval first peter chapter 2 verse 17 this is uh, an almost duplicate passage in summary concerning this matter first peter chapter 2 verse 13 Someone please read from verse 13 to 17. First Peter, chapter 2, verse 13 to 17. Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be to the emperor as supreme, or to governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. For the... For this
2: is the will of God, that by doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of the foolish people. Live as people who are free, not
0: using your freedom to cover up for evil, but living as servants of God. Honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the emperor. So we see this passage also commanding us the same thing, to be subject... the lord's sake which is there very clearly that the purpose to which we submit to civil authority is because of god we are doing it as if we are honoring god himself we're honoring god (coughs) directly and he says to every human institution so that includes family church civil government as well as self-government talking of conscience any question or anything before we move on? Uh,
2: There there is a reality in which in most cases the government uh, punishes those who do evil and praises those who do good. Um, But I think in today's world it's also quite common the reverse of it, yeah. um, where you see government rewarding those who do evil, mm. yeah. persecuting those who do good. Um, so I get the context in which he's talking about that. Maybe to say overall mm. or in general, um, that's what happens. Um, but I think we also have to acknowledge that. Uh, The governments In of themselves because they're humans Can be wrong and evil And can do quite the opposite Yeah Um, yeah, Yeah. and The underlying statement is that uh, We are in subjection to God first And then to the government So if In a contradiction to the government Then that's where we stop Um, We thank God Our country is Mm -hmm well in some sense it's there but mm-hmm. if you look at the western cultures, you see it's even worse mm. um, where people are persecuted when they do good yeah. and when they want a yeah. Mm. yeah. and the vices that we think are vices are supported by the government mm. you know, the LGBTQ agenda is, and are no sure things and such for yeah. they are supported or they are praised or they are Seconded by the
1: government yeah. I think there is the whole matter of conscience um, Anyone who is living in outright disobedience or unsubmissiveness Does not have peace of mind And in this case it's, it's to our civil magistrates if we, if we break the law for example We know we are not at peace Because The the Bible tells us that they are are there Um It says if you do wrong be afraid For he does not bear the sword in vain
3: Mm.
1: Then he says Um (coughs) That The civil magistrate is a servant of God An avenger who carries out wrath and the wrongdoer Therefore one must be subjection, Not only to avoid God's wrath But also for the sake of conscience Um Our conscience is, I was was telling, some brothers were telling that I I intend to do a series on the whole matter of conscience because um, it's a very real and alive thing in the lives of God's people and even in everybody's life that they have a conscience. Whether they have suppressed it or it's alive and well, they do. This ma- in this matter, we are to be in subjection to the authorities, the civil magistrate, because of conscience, mm-hmm. uh, and, and not only because we are afraid of God's wrath. Mm. Mm.
0: Like us to move on. Um. It says next in all lawful things that we are to be in subjection to civil magistrates in all lawful things. Like us to see the extent of this obedience that this submission should be yielded to the Lord. When it says lawful, it does, it's not talking about the laws of the magistrate here. It's talking about the laws of God that we we'll submit to the civil authorities in all things that he commands us that are in accord with the law of God. So we should be obedient to all things that are lawful, lawful in the context of uh, the law of God. And so we should also, re- we also notice here that there is a limitation to this obedience. There is an extent to it, and the an extent means that there is a limitation. Uh, that we obey those in civil authority but we are limited notice here that if we seek to subscribe (coughs) unlimited obedience to the state, we are saying that the state is God God alone is the one who who can command us to absolutely obey him God alone is worthy of absolute obedience the state is not so there are limitations to this obedience. What do you think are those limitations to those to to, to to obedience to the state? What is it that we are prohibited from obeying the state? What are those limitations? When it says we are to obey them in all lawful things, it means there are things that we should not obey them. Mm -hmm. So I'm asking what are those things, what are those limitations? On, in what scenarios are we not to obey the state yes so, so so when the state commands us to do something that is prohibited that is forbidden in the word of God that is when we obey God rather than man anything else. There's a flip side to that, to that point. They
2: tell us not to do what is required of us. Yes,
0: yes. So when when the state tells us, so for for the first point, when the state commands us to do something that is contrary to the word of God. So when the state says you should not go to church on Sunday, that is contrary to the word of God. And then the second point by saying, when the state commands us to do something that is contrary to the word of God. So, you, you, you have issues of, let's say, abortion or homosexuality, and the government, let's say, commands the church to, to, to allow homosexual preachers and such things. When the state commands us to do something that is contrary to the word of God, we have the right to disobey the state. Anything else? So, when the state comes to dictate to the church on the way that it should worship, on the way that it should conduct discipline, on the way that we should conduct our ordinances, then we have the right to disobey the state. The state is overstepping its authority by um, infringing on the authority of the church. We have that. You can think of the family as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously, there's some kind of overlap here uh, because because for instance, the state (coughs) desires that Children should go to school, you. So, so there's a kind of overlap, but the state should not command you on the way on the school that you should take your children, or on the how of, of educating your children. So, so there's a some kind of overlap, but the overall principle is the state should not overstep its authority regarding the family. The state should not tell you you should not spank your child, your child when they disobey you or it is illegal to spank your child when they disobey you. When the state does that now, it is infringing on the authority of the family. What of self-government? What of your conscience? How can the government infringe on your personal rights, on your personal authority? so you have the example of vaccines when the government compels you to take the vaccine and it says it is mandatory for you to take the vaccine and it is against your conscience now it is overstepping its authority over over your conscience and so we are to we are bound to obey the government as long as It is doing everything lawful according to the word of God. Let us to look at an example in Isaiah 33. Isaiah 33 verse 2. To show you um, the aspect of God's authority over uh, the arms of the government that we have even today. Isaiah 33, verse 22 For the Lord is our judge, the Lord is our lawgiver, the Lord is our king, he will save us. It's interesting that we have three arms of government the executive, which is led by the president. And here we see that the Lord is over the king. He rules over the king. He rules over the president. We have the legislature, which does what? Which makes laws. And he says here that the, law, the Lord is our what? Lawgiver. God has absolute authority over the legislature. And then we have what? The judiciary. And he says, the Lord is our what? Our judge. God has absolute authority over the judiciary. So that if, if they do contrary to what God has commanded, their law is unlawful. We're not bound to obey it. And so we are to submit to the things that are within their sphere of authority. One authority cannot overstep its sphere of authority and infringe on the rights of another authority (coughs) any question or any comment
1: view is that um, they, they don't have if you have a government that is a- atheistic then they will think themselves to be the highest office um, but then even if they think themselves the case um, we, we see here that ultimately mm-hmm. God is the judge, the lawgiver, the king. Mm. So that there is is, is some autonomy that every human being has Mm. apart from every other human being. Mm. Um, But then we can't have autonomy apart from God. Mm. God God is the one that is above everyone else. So that uh, even if there was no government god would still be the judge the king the law giver um, yeah.
0: Yeah. so if you have a law like um the, the chinese used to have the one child policy now they have two child policy and um and you have two children and you realize that you're pregnant with a third child and the government comes to you and says we have to schedule for what an abortion and you know that abortion is is sinful it is against the laws of god um, who are you going to obey are you going to obey the state are you going to obey god um there is there is a prize that we that, that we will uh, that, that 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 we will take in disobeying the state um so, so, for instance, if uh, in, in such a case as that, you, you might have a child who is not <coughs> registered as a citizen of that country, a child who, who may not enroll in public education because they are not recognized by the government, such things. So, so, so there, there are those uh, there are that cost that we, should, we must pay if we are to obey God rather than man. And um, I'm glad that we've gone through the, the, the acts of the apostles and uh, you could you could see that it is better to obey god rather than man
3: <clears throat>
0: um the, the underlying factor for the government seeking absolute authority is because the government wants to be god the government wants to be worshipped um, the government sees itself as a status of deity and they seek absolute lordship and authority and so we should obey the state we should obey the government to avoid punishment that is what you're given there and um that's the first thing that we we are not found out with a sword that we obey the government uh so that you're not punished you obey traffic rules so that you're not fined so that not you're not arrested uh so so, so that um um, so, so that you're not punished by the state that's the first motivation for our submission and then secondly It says that we submit to the government for conscience (coughs) sake. Conscience sake we mean that for you to be at peace with God uh, when the government does not find you out with a sword what happens? God finds you out with the arrow of his of his of his his, his, the arrow of, of a wounded conscience, a guilty conscience, a pricking conscience. So conscience also has a sword as well. And it should be a motivation for us not to break the law and so we keep the law for us not to be punished but as well as to be at peace with God obedience for the sake of the good of our conscience Mm. and this is what we mean when your conscience is pricked because you have disobeyed the law of the land You cannot sleep well for instance. Um, you're troubled, you're fearful. You have a guilty conscience. You you have to you have to repent to God. So when you speak about the the sword, the, the, the punishment of the state, it is it's not a pleasant thing, um, to be in prison, to be fined, to be some people to be executed. Yay! Um, for disobeying the laws of the land but we see the, the state um, being ministers of punishing evil if they will not do that then evil will reign in the land then uh, wickedness will have their day so that if you're a christian if you disobey the laws of the land and you stand before a godless judge A pagan judge. And the pagan judge rules justly against you. That truly you've broken the laws of God. You have to submit to it. It doesn't matter whether they are Christian or not Christian. And you're a Christian and they're not Christians. The fact is you've broken the law of the land. And God is using these, even wicked people, to punish Christians for their disobedience. Yeah. So we have to obey all things <coughs> lawful for the sake of avoiding punishment. So we should not cheat on our taxes. We should not break the laws of the land, traffic rules. Um, the, the, the idea here of the conscience sake is, is a higher principle, isn't it? That there is a higher principle for, there's a higher motivation for you to obey the laws of the land. Because if you disobey, you're sinning against God. You're going to suffer from a guilty conscience. And this is a motivation for us to avoid sin in general. Uh, b- because your conscience is going to be wounded, your conscience is going to be guilty, your conscience is going to be seared, so we avoid punishment for the sake of our conscience. Anything before we look at the end of that paragraph? The last part of that paragraph. Or any question or comment?
1: Like my comment is
0: out of debt, yeah. Why? No, no problem. <laughs> no problem. Yeah. yeah. So if you have a case of uh you, you go to the you go with your child to the supermarket and um, they want to be bought a toy and you don't have money <coughs> or you think it's not appropriate for them to have that toy. And your child or your son, they stuck the toy in their pocket, and you reach home and you realize they stole the toy from the supermarket. And you you buy. What are you supposed to do?
3: Yeah,
0: you, you give them a good spanking. <laughs> and uh, yes, yeah, so, so there's that part of. They have violated the laws of the land. I'm not sure whether they are <laughs> eligible to be arrested. If you take them to the supermarket, the supermarket will say, we are calling the police. We are arresting this child. Uh, I I anyway, don't know about the, uh, such laws, but, but you see, the state has that responsibility. They can arrest your child for violating the laws of the land. And um, yeah. <coughs> anything before we look at the last part so the last part says and we ought to make supplications and prayers for kings and all that are in authority that under them we may live a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty so this is almost taken directly the passage in First Timothy, lesson to First Timothy chapter two, verse one. First Timothy chapter two verse one to two first Timothy two 1 2 Someone can read that
2: First Timothy 2 First of all I ask that you pray for all people Ask God to bless them And give them what they need give thanks. You should pray for rulers and for all who have authority. Pray for these leaders so that we can live quiet and peaceful lives. Mm. Lives full of devotion to God and respect for him. Yeah, so we see clearly
0: there that prayers ought to be offered as it says for all people and that includes king and rulers and um, those in high positions and the purpose is given that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life godly and dignified in every way Let's turn to Jeremiah 29. We did look at this passage as we went through the series on politics. I believe this is um, this passage is relevant to us because we are exiled Jonas. we are strangers in this world and the context here is this is the nation of israel in babylon and god is commanding them on how they are to live in this in this world in the midst of a pagan culture it says in verse 6 Jeremiah 29 verse 6 let me begin from verse 5 from verse 4 that says the lord Of host the God of Israel to all the exiles whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon build houses and live in them plant gardens and eat their produce take wives and have sons and daughters take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage that they may bear sons and daughters multiply there and do not decrease but seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf for in its welfare you will find your welfare. So think think of it this way. These people are in, in, in Babylon in a pagan culture but God instructs them that they should seek the shalom of that city. That in its welfare, in its shalom. You'll find your shalom. And um, th- this, is, this is a part of consolation, this is a part of comfort to them. And this has a marvelous application to us as sojourners, as so exiles in this world that we should seek the welfare of the place God has placed us. Why? Because in its welfare, we'll find our welfare. If there is peace, we'll have peace, we'll we'll gather here in this evening, because if there was no peace in this land, we'll not be able to gather right now, we'll not be able to go for evangelism we'll not be able to meet every Sunday that is what God commands them, and he says that they should pray (coughs) pray for what? Um, pray to the Lord on his behalf pray for the country that God has has placed him (coughs) You pray for the country, you pray for the president, for those in high authority. Even though we acknowledge that the government is a terrible master, the government um, can be unruly, but we need to pray for the leaders. And the goal of that prayer is that we as Christians can live a peaceful, quiet life in godliness and integrity. Is, is, it, is it true that the, the church can prosper in the midst of persecution and oppression? Yes. But that is not the ideal. The ideal is the church and the state be amiable, be able to work together. And brethren, don't underestimate the importance of peace in our country for our own peace. Um, I, was, I was watching um, there's, a, there's, a, there's a supermarket called Mwindimosi which uh, <laughs> demonstrators broke into uh, during the demonstrations and it is said that they, they, they stole goods worth 20 million shillings, televisions people took the shelves were empty and um, you see we should value peace in our country uh, because if there is peace, we also have peace as as God's people. Um, talk to those people who are counting their losses in their recent demonstrations, and they'll tell you, you "Should pray for peace." The praying for peace should not be dismissed as <laughs> selfish. Hmm. Uh, any any question or comment as I conclude.
1: Yesterday I was interacting with someone from Ethiopia who does ministry to the Somalis over radio. Preaches the gospel and hopes that there are people in Somaliland who who get to hear the gospel and um he's telling us that so Somalia is is a place where it's as though they have no government. They have no rule of law. Everyone does whatever seems right to them. To them, and even those that are in power, for example, the chiefs. They have chiefs who are in charge of um different localities. Um, they also do whatever they please or whatever they see they see right. Uh, it's considering the peace that we have in our country at the moment, um, it's, it's just um, unimaginable that y- you can't own a Bible in Somalia. It, it's uh, if you're caught, they they kill you. You can't you can't speak to someone about. It the gospel um, yeah so, so mm-hmm. I think we, we shouldn't take for granted the the peace that we have in our country mm-hmm. that we can move around mm-hmm. you can travel from one place to another within a day, go, come back and, and all sorts of things you can speak to people about people whom you you differ with mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but you can try to convert them mm. through the gospel um, we shouldn't take it for granted and we should constantly pray um, for the kings and all who are in high positions mm. for the sake of peace yeah <clears throat> I don't know if this
2: has been asked, asked before in the context of this chapter but what should be should, what should be a position when there is injustice mm. from the government mm. um, <coughs> especially asking these questions as employees mm. of the government mm. and there are strikes and demonstrations um, that happen um, because of something wrong that the government has done um, <coughs> Uh, maybe what should be our position biblically? Mm. Um, considering it's still lawful in the land mm. to protest and to peacefully mm. demonstrate. Yeah. Um, what what is our thinking in in regards to when government does an injustice? Mm. Uh, should we just be quiet? And says we are not resisting authority mm. or should we do something about it or should we is it lawful now according to god for us to maybe mm. demonstrate so, so maybe yeah if you get what i'm trying to say or protest mm. in in any way at all yeah, um, yeah. So, so during the during the reformation
0: um there's a doctrine called the doctrine of, a, of the lesser magistrate so what you have is you have the government but you have those working under the government who who work in defiance to the government because the government is contrary to the law of God and these people who are working against the government so it can be let's say the chief, the assistant chief they have just said we are not going to enforce that ungodly law given to us by the government and what you have in, uh, during the reformation is Christians working with the lesser magistrates seeing that we are bound by God to obey the lesser magistrate more than the civil magistrate so that's where that doctrine came in and and I think Calvin refines it even better So, there's a place for us disobeying the president and obeying our MP. Because if the MP is doing something that is uh, according to the word of God and the president is defying the word of God, um, then we are bound to obey the MP rather than the the doctrine of the lesser magistrate. Then secondly, I think there's a place for us to... To, to, to pray uh, the impregatory <coughs> prayers to 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 pray for our leaders you pray for the leaders that you don't even like you pray for the leaders you don't vote for and you pray <coughs> for the leaders that you love pray for all leaders he says they are all all pray for all people all rulers all kings so whether you like them or not you pray for them and there's a place for us to to, to, to pray that God will topple ungodly leaders. And godly leaders who uh, abdicate their duty to, to, to govern rightly, that God will bring them down. God will um, restrain evil. God will strip them of that power. yeah, And that's why it's important for us to pray, isn't it? When you are voting, before you, uh, as we voted last year, we pray as a church. We pray as, as a people that God will raise godly leaders, Senor. Yeah, and um, yeah, I'm not sure that there's any more addition to to that.
2: Have I somewhat um, I'm able to to say a very practical thing that happens? Yes. Uh, the county has not paid us for three months. Yes. When the union has organized a protest, mm. um, or a ghost law, mm. or, or whatever it is, mm. um, it's. It, uh, I think the question is, I, I have never asked myself to know whether it's lawful mm. to do that, yeah. or, or an industrial action as we call it. Mm. Uh, <coughs> uh, and oftentimes we have been in that position where the government is saying that this is an unlawful protest mm. and you should go back to work mm. but the union is saying do not go back to work mm. um, at times you have patients mm. who you left yesterday in the ward but you're not supposed to go see mm. um, and the last time it happened was this stunned I was, stone. I was mm. like I, I don't know what to do mm. uh, both are some form of leadership because the union is still leadership mm. um the, the county is saying go back or else you lose your jobs mm. but at the same time they have not paid you for three months mm. um, so hence me asking that question of mm. protest mm. Um, when for example uh, a student i think students do want to protest a student is killed mm. for example mm. something happens in security mm. a student is killed mm. and the students are protesting mm. Maybe because there is no justice or they want them to, something to be done mm. to be protected yes. and they organize a protest. Mm. Um, there is a sense in which I usually get from the Bible that it's wrong to protest, mm. but I don't know whether I, I would be right. I think that's the clarification that I'm seeking. Okay. So that I would say mm. I am my conscience is clear before God mm. that I am protesting because I have not been paid mm. for three months. Mm. Um, and there's a portion in, in the laws of the land for me to do that. Yeah. Therefore, is it lawful for me to do that mm. in the context of the Word of God, mm. so that I'm, um, my conscience is? Yeah. Yeah. I guess. That's the question.
0: Yeah. I think it is lawful for a Christian to protest if, 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 if it's such a case to 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 to, to hold. They say peaceful demonstrations or whatever way you can protest to raise your grievances uh, because it's enshrined in the Constitution. You're not breaking the laws of the land when you do that. Uh, you, you're only uh, raising the awareness that there is injustice. There's unrighteousness in the land, there's wickedness that is happening if you're not paid your salary. Um, and um, I don't think that is wrong. As long as it's done rightly, I don't think that's sinful because you're, you're standing up to that thing which is wicked. Isn't it? What they have done is, is, is wrong, is wickedness. Uh, and, and even we see God judging the nation of Israel and mentioning that employers were not paying their employees, they were mistreating them. So there's that aspect of God takes concern over injustice in the society. Uh, you can call it social injustice. Uh, but but uh, we see we see you, you read the book of Amos, and you see God raising concern even things concerning exploitation like and God decides to those are some of the sins that that God mentions that uh, the nation of Israel did, and so. We we should not think that Niki before the eyes of God. That is injustice, isn't it? because the worker is is worthy of his wages. Come from Tommy, Kazi, they should be paid, as as we saw in the in the Sunday school. Um, yeah, so so I don't think there's there's anything wrong to that. I think there could be an issue of ethics uh, because now you're working in the field where uh, you have patience, and uh, but but I believe that. That requires
1: wisdom as
2: well.
1: Yeah. yeah, I also agree. I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with protests. <coughs> so, at the basic level, generally speaking, if the constitution and the laws of the land allow it, um, there should be peaceful demonstrations. But then, when you're passing a much wisdom is required there. So that, as a Christian, I would not go out to protest because <laughs> especially if I were a doctor and there are patients who are dying, the preservation of life is is better than my daily bread in my in my judgment. Um, and then <clears throat> the thing with demonstrations is however much we want them to be peaceful because they're depraved men going out on the streets, chances of them being peaceful is very minimal. Um, I mean, our very president was brave enough to stand and say, Let, let's, let's see those peaceful demonstrations that the, the opposition is saying they will have. Because the chances of having peaceful demonstrations is little to to nothing, um, and so if I were in a position, I would not go out for demonstrations. Um, just just as a as an individual Christian, um, if I if I were a doctor, I would attend to my patients, because it's not the union that has employed me. The saints of old had this habit of writing to the magistrates. So you'd find, say, there's a, there's a guy known as George Swinock, even Calvin. They would write to those who are in power. And what they would come up with is, is what we use today for our theological treatises. They they, they would write such heavy, I guess even the old one I didn't it at the time, you write to the magistrate, say, this, consider this, consider this. You can have a small book in it of the incomparableness of God. George Swinok has written to the, the magistrate. If you read that book, a small Puritan paperback, and, and, and he's urging the magistrates not to be a- atheistic. He's urging the magistrate to see the foolishness of thinking that there is no God. And the foolishness of thinking that he is the greatest. Uh, but that there, there is one who is incomparable whose name is God. <coughs> yeah, so I think that while the constitution allows for peaceful demonstrations and it would mm-hmm. not be sinful to do it, I think there is a better way to go about things than to march Alongside people who hate God, to fight for my daily bread. That, that that's, that's that's what I think
0: as I'm also thinking that in this in this paragraph, we see the role of the church in obeying the state, the state. Sorry, obeying the state. We see the role of the church in praying for the state, but we also see the role of the church in acting as the conscience for the state. This is what I mean. I mean that the church ought to be the voice in the society that speaks for righteousness. But sadly, that's not what we see today. Because in such a case, the church should stand up for for workers. There'll be no need for doctors protesting and leaving patients in hospital if the church was to speak and have a voice in the society and speak against wickedness in the society. To the example of Daniel, uh, he used that his position um, of power and authority to speak to Nebuchadnezzar uh, in in chapter 4 and Belshazzar in chapter 5. If you look at Daniel chapter 4 verse 27, just a minute, Daniel chapter 4 verse 27, this is how Daniel speaks to the king therefore O king let my counsel be acceptable to you break off your sins by practicing righteousness and your iniquities by showing mercy to the oppressed that there may perhaps be a lengthening of your prosperity we see here that Daniel was telling the king you need to repent. So that what can happen? That God, who is in heaven above, may prolong your reign. So he was serving as the conscience of the king. In the New Testament, you have the example of John the Baptist. Uh, Herod you're told that he used to love the sermons of, of John the Baptist. He was a, a salmon tester. <laughs> and... Um, and and it was unlawful for him to have his brother's wife and john the baptist decides to call him out for his sexual immorality john the baptist is imprisoned and beheaded for that offense the church should speak the truth to rulers we have paul speaking to agrippa about judgment and righteousness to come as long as the church is acting within its sphere of authority it should be able to speak to rulers and authority on the on them on such matters, matters of uh,
1: injustice. Yeah. Mm. yeah, more often than not, you find the people who go out to demonstrate are not praying for the government or the or the the you call it the. the government mm. um people people want to do that which <clears throat> i think as a christian i should do first. that God tells me to do if god says i should pray, I should pray. Um, preachers should <coughs> preach against injustices i mean the president gets into a church every lord's day he goes to church unfortunately what do the preachers who are there And so It's absolutely necessary For us to first of all do that which God Tells us to do I think there's a very thin line between Taking vengeance for ourselves And Demonstrating Uh, I think Your The whole aspect of demonstrations Should be Should be a Far-fetched thought for a Christian because God and us, our vengeance, vengeance is his. We have to take everything to him. Um, and unless um, unless it is absolutely necessary, like in a case where someone wants to murder you, that's, that's, the, that's the time when, when you can defend yourself. Um, one might argue that uh, the government is not paying you there. In one way or another wanting to kill you. <laughs> or hang <it. laughs> Therefore they are defending themselves. And people have all sorts of arguments. But the idea of protesting for Christians should be... Um, should be very far away. Uh, as it were. They shouldn't think that as their first option. Our first option is to take everything to God in prayer.
3: Yeah.
1: And we are not to be quick to, to assume that... Simply because the constitution says this is right, therefore we can do it. Um, yeah, I think when you pass I need wisdom, I a lot of wisdom.
0: Yeah. Um, I agree with you. Uh, um, there's a tendency for us to complain against the government. Um, but I think we should also ask ourselves. How much do I pray for the government? It's easy to complain of the high taxes, poor governance, inflation, economic crisis, all kinds of problems. But how much more should I pray for the government? The Bible says that they are ministers of God. Whether they like it or not, or whether they know know about it or not, they are ministers of God. God uses them. God accomplishes his will through them. And um, I think we should pray for them. I'm also one of the victims who often uh, is I'm often irritated. I complain against the, the 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 government, but I ought to pray more as much as I complain against
3: it. Yes.
0: is no other question or any comment before I I pray
1: I think we should also say that um, there's a very real sense in which um, prayers produce godliness um, and when, when we pray more often than not we would we, we be peaceable people because that's what the Bible says. The Bible says um, in First Timothy chapter 2 that uh, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings are to be made for all people, for kings, all who are in high positions that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, Mm -hmm. godly and dignified in every way. That aspect of peacefulness and godliness comes from a heart of prayer. Um, So that when I am praying for kings and all who are in high positions, there is a sense in which I will restrain myself from things that will not be peaceful. Mm. Um, and there is a sense in which I will also call upon <coughs> God to grant peace. Because in the midst of injustice, mm. as we of course know, uh, uh, a lot of chaos is bound to befall the people. Because what do I don't want to it. Was, came, people want not take matters in their own hands, but we who are Christians are to be praying the, any form of chaos that may 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 arise may be restrained by by God's hand through this means of prayer. and, and this is true in every every area of life.
0: I'm just wondering, are they giving any reason
2: why you're not paid? Um, some say the, the most obvious uh, thing in akuanga to Jakarta from the treasury or something or the challenge in akuanga was that how about two zara kanivio milivo? How about you? And you've not been paid, so. I guess you do, and many other things people protest for, Mm. promotions and and such, Mm. Um, yeah. I I heard someone say
0: that um, (laughs) there's a lot of politics played, Anyway, it's politics, but it's, it's, let me say it's discrimination being played, because they say that (laughs) counties that are friendly to the state, to the government, they are given money very, very quickly. Like they are not friendly to the state. Like when pesa kidogo, just to frustrate them. Yeah, yeah, I had someone say that, and it could be possible. Yeah, because if someone is paid in siolo, ama arakani, mumbo na mero If say the the the
2: management there is managing the resources better. I do all kinds of living.